Good morning, church. I hope you're as excited about being in the house of the Lord on this first day of the week as I am. Because it is truly a privilege, a blessing that God has spared us one more time. That we can assemble together and render worship unto him because he is so worthy and deserving of it. I want to get right into my lesson today and I hope and pray that something will be said to prick your heart today and to cause you to examine yourself and to look deep within your heart and search yourself regarding your salvation today. Many of you the past week Tune in and watch the trial of the murder of George Floyd, who was ruthlessly murdered by a policeman in the streets of Minneapolis, Minnesota. During the hearing, never before seen videos were introduced as evidence showing how An unarmed man was wrestled into a police car and then dragged out, handcuffed, then placed face down into the pavement with an officer's knee pressed against his neck for over nine minutes. For over nine minutes. The videos showed as witnesses, including little children, stood and watched the life, the last breath of this man be choked out of his body. Before he exhaled his final breath, he cried out saying over and over, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. He called for his mother, who had already passed on years earlier, and he cried out for compassion. We witnessed with our own eyes how deceitfully and how desperately wicked the heart of man can be. Even while there were people begging and pleading for the officer to remove his knee. George Floyd was one of many tragic cases we have witnessed with our own eyes where excessive force and brutality was exercised against individuals who should have had a day in court, but yet instead they had funeral arrangements made. Say their name is the chant. Say their names. And we resound them over and over and over again. We 
see people out in the streets protesting. They said, say their name. Don't just refer to them as somebody or as a person, but say their name. This morning, I'm not here to form a movement due to the injustice we have seen and still are seeing in our society. No, that's not why I'm here. Mm-hmm. Nor am I here to persuade you to take matters into your own hands because I know that after seeing these things occur over and over and over again, I know you're sick and tired and you're tired. I know you're tired. No. I still believe vengeance belongs to the Lord. And according to his word, it assures us he will repay one day. It's not a matter of black and white. It's not a matter of color. It's a matter of good and evil. But church, I have a problem this morning. I have a problem because among all of the names I keep hearing for us to say, all of the names I'm hearing for us to call out, I've yet to hear about the name of Jesus. I've yet to hear anybody stand up and say, say his name. I have nothing against those names, but in the lives of all of those individuals, none of them can match his name in the sinless life that he lived. I don't don't have anything against 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 Ahmaud Aubrey. I don't have anything against Trayvon Martin, Mm -hmm. Michael Gardner, Eric Gardner, Freddie Gray. I don't have anything against Breonna Taylor. Mm. Injustice was done, but yet I have a problem. Their lives could not match his name. Amen. But yet nobody is calling out to say his name. We can think and reflect on all the wrongs committed and the rulings of injustice made by the courts. And it causes us to march and to protest and rally to vote and even turn a red state blue. But in all of this, nobody is saying his name. Based upon what I have learned about him in Isaiah 53, beginning verse 3, the Bible said he was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as if it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. I said, say his name. Surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet We did not esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. I say this morning, say his name. 
but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. And I say, say his name. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before his shearers is dumb. So he opened not his mouth, but we ought to say his name. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich and his death because he had done no violence. Neither was any deceit in his mouth. And I say unto you this morning, say his name. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He had put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. Oh. You could say their names. But which one of these names was offered as a sin sacrifice? And you won't say his name. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. But yet we won't say his name. But no one is calling out to say his name. But you know what? I'm going to say it this morning. Because he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And regardless of what you may think and what you may feel and what you may see on TV, he is the only way, folks. I read somewhere in the book of Hebrews in chapter 2. Beginning around verse 14, the Bible said, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. Remember, he left heaven's portals to come down and take upon him the form of a man in the flesh. That through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil, but nobody will say his name. And deliver them who, though fear of death, were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. But nobody will say his name. Wherefore, in all things, it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. But yet, nobody is out there saying his name. For in that, He himself has suffered. Being tempted, he is able to secure them that are tempted. He's able to aid them and to assist and deliver 
But yet, nobody is saying his name. I read somewhere over in 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning around verse 21. It said, for even hereunto you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. The word of God says that Jesus left a perfect example. But yet, nobody will say his name. Nobody wants to talk about it. We want to talk about Sandra Bland. We want to talk about Alton Sterling. We want to talk about Rashad Brooks. We want to talk about Samuel DuBose. We want to talk about all of these. But none of them has left a perfect example. None of these But yet you say, say their names. Mm-hmm. Uh, athletes are wearing their names on the back of their jerseys. They're, they're putting their names on their, on their cleats, on their shoes. You see it on the bumper of cards and on hats and everything. But nobody mm-hmm. wants to say the name Jesus. of Jesus. Yeah. Verse 22 says, who did no sin. Neither was Gal found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, he reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. Who his own self bear our sins. Let me say that again. Who his own self bear our sins. Can, 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 can you compare? Is there a name up here. That you could compare to this name? No. You ought to say his name. Who his own self bear our sins. In his own body. On the tree. That we. That we. We. We being here today. Being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes we are healed. Oh, you ought to say his name. For ye were as sheep going astray, but now are returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your soul. But you know what? I don't see and I don't hear anybody out there saying his name. I read over there in Ephesians chapter 2. The Bible saying you, you, you had he quickened. You had he quickened. Who were dead in trespasses and sins. You. You and I, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, the same spirit that worked in that officer that presses me against the neck 
of that dying man. That's the spirit we once served. Mm. That's the spirit some of you may still be serving. Mm -hmm. Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past. And the lust of our flesh. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And were by nature the children of wrath even as others. But God. But God. Who is rich. For his great love wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead in sins. Had quickened us together with Christ. With who? With Trayvon Martin. No. With Rashad Brooks. No. With Christ. Mm -hmm. Listen to me. With Christ. By grace. Ye are saved. And have raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us. Through who? Christ Jesus. See, nobody wants to say his name. But yet, the word of God said, all spiritual blessings are found in him. But nobody wants to say his name. Where is the outcry for the mistreatment brought upon him? Where is the outcry for the suffering? For the pain, the agony? Where is the outcry? Where is the love? Where is the respect and the compassion for his name? He shed his blood. He suffered for our sins. He was scourged and nailed to the cross so that we can have eternal life. Why aren't we calling out to say his name? Why does it have to be some, some manufactured, manufactured holiday to try to get people in the mind to be holy? To think about the death, the burial, and the resurrection. No, 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 no. Why aren't we calling out his name every day? I read over in Matthew chapter 27, around verse 50. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. And the earth did quake and the rocks rent. And the graves were open, and many bodies of the saints which slept, they got up. 
and came out of the graves after their resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Now when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and no things that were done, they feared greatly saying, truly, truly, this was the son of God. And all of this he did for you and for me, but no one is calling his name. Say his name. When I have the opportunity to come together every week. I forsake and neglect the opportunity knowing he's going to be here. Mm. I won't say his name. Mm. When I defile the fellowship mm. of the communion. Because I don't partake of it. With a pure conscience, I don't examine myself to see the true pureness of its meaning. Of remembering when I partake of this bread, I'm partaking of that body that they mutilated. Amen. When I drink up that fruit of the vine, I'm remembering the blood that he shed that offers me the cleansing and the redemption. But I've turned it into just something to do. People rob the Lord every week. Every week. And then return to the scene of the crying and say, brothers and sisters, pray for me. I need a blessing. I need strength. No, you need repentance. You need repentance. That's what you need. In addition to prayer, you need repentance. You need a change of heart. And you need to stop robbing and stealing the way you've been doing. We're busy and involved in everything else. Involved with the world. But I'm always too busy to help on a committee to advance the Lord's work in his vineyard. Surely somebody else will step up. Why can't that somebody be you? I can only imagine one thing. One thing worse. Than beholding. A sight as I have beheld watching some of those videos this past week. I can only imagine one thing worse. Than what I saw that officer doing to that man. On that street in Minneapolis, Minnesota. As he pressed his knee against his neck. And that man cried out for mercy. People that stood around cried out.
for mercy. This man cried out for his mama. He cried out for his children. He cried out unto everybody he could imagine and to think to cry out to. And his dying breaths, he said, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Officer, please help me. I can only imagine one thing worse. That is, for us knowing what it is good for us to do. And crucifying Jesus, the Son of God, afresh. And putting him to an open shame by not doing what we should. Hebrews 6 and 6, if they shall fall away. To renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucified to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. How much different are we from that police officer? Come on. Honestly, how much different? Are we? The word of God said that for when we go about and we continue to sin and we know to do what is right, but we won't do it. We just crucify him. We willfully sin and we crucify him all over again. You, you are the one. You're the one driving that nail in his hand. You're the one. You're the one. You're the one. Provoking that anger. That pain. You're the one driving that nail in his feet. You're the one. Oh, her, oh how terrible and horrific that was for George Floyd. But oh, how terrible it is for us to continue to do it to someone that's still living. Hmm. How can you sit here today and not be bothered, not be troubled? Not have a feeling of repentance in your heart. How can you sit here. Thinking that you've done God some, some, some great favor, some great work by putting on some nice clothes and, and putting on some nice perfume and dressing up and looking nice as if you're doing something for God. No, God has done it for you. He provided. And the one that he provided it through 
it's the same one some of us are crucifying over and over again. Say his name. Say his name. One day he's coming back. And folks, he's coming back with a vengeance. Second Thessalonians chapter 1 says he's coming back. And he's coming back with his angels in flame and fire. Taking vengeance on them that know not God. And obey not the gospel. Matthew 10, 32, Jesus said, if you will profess me before men, he said, I will profess you before my father, which is in heaven. In other words, he said, you know what? If you say my name down here, I'm going to say your name before my Father, which is in heaven. I'm going to claim that you are one of mine. I'm going to claim that you are covered in that blood that I shed. Verse 33 said, but if you deny me, if you deny me before men, he said, I will. Surely, deny you before my Father, which is in heaven. You can rally all you want to. Jesus got up. All of those other people, they have him. Jesus today. Is alive. None of those other names. None of those other names. Can proclaim that. Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. And the Bible says. He's going to take vengeance. Because the word of God said. For it's a righteous thing. For God to render unto the people what he's going to render. Second mm-hmm. Thessalonians chapter 1. It's a righteous thing because when you could have stood up and when you could have called his name. You didn't. And because of your lack of appreciation and because of your lack of respect for his name. The word of God said, there's no other name given among men by which we must be saved. And that's the name of Jesus. What is your decision today? You've heard the evidence. The prosecution today 
rest its case. Even though there's so much more that could be presented. Enough has been said. That if it's not enough for you to understand to say his name. You don't have any intentions to. Just as Jesus suffered, bled, and died, and he was buried in that tomb, he rose up a conquering Savior. Conquering death, conquering sin. And through his conquering acts, we, we today, we, us, we reenact. Those same steps. That through putting this old man to death. That old sinful man to death. That we could be buried with him. And baptism. To rise up out of the water. A new creature. In Christ. Old things passed away and all things become new. A new walk, a new talk, a new family, a new chance. What's your decision today? What is your decision today? You call all the other names. You written all the other names on your shoes and on your on your shirts and on your hats and caps and everything. Why not Jesus? When are you going to call his name? When are you going to call the name? That is above all other names. His Precious name. What's our invitation song? 598. 598 is our invitation song. Today is a day that you should make it up in your mind that you're going to put away the commercialism of what we call religion. And today should be the beginning of a new day in your life that you should call on the name of Jesus. Amen. Whether it be through repentance or whether it be through baptism. But today should be the beginning of a new day for you. Amen. To put away this foolishness, this commercialism and stand up and call his name. Amen. 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 Invitation song? 593. Lord, I'm coming home. Let us together stand and let us sing. I want.